Welcome to Home's Room. Just like homeroom, we start off our day getting together with our homies, swapping stories, even a little kiss and tell action. This podcast contains language not suitable for younger listeners. Topics about sex and mental health. Discretion is advised. Our views are our own. Let class begin. Home's Room is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor by Spotify is a total package podcast tool from getting started to distribution, in-app editing, and much more. They even help you monetize your podcast. All of that for free. With a web and mobile-based app, recording anywhere on anything is a breeze. Get your voice heard with Anchor by Spotify. All right, joining the class today, we have the mother of necessity, someone who understands where there's a will, there's a way, the creator of Auto Reading, Megan Beam. How's it going? Hi, good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, thank you for joining us. Thank you for, uh, you know, being safe and all that kind of stuff, because that's important. Um, I am really excited to talk to you about your, you know, what you have going on, simply because it's one of the things that strikes close to my heart and, you know, growing up with dyslexia, growing up with, you know, other learning disabilities and things like that. And I think that people that are out here trying to do work and help each other out and make a better way are more important now than ever, because everybody just kind of wants to put each other down, not build each other up and you're, and you're building people up. And I think that that's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, especially right now in the education field and just how tumultuous it is, um, it's a pretty rough spot. And unfortunately, oftentimes it's the kids who lose out. Yeah, for sure. The kids almost always, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah, which hurts my heart. Um, so, a little bit about you. Uh Take us back to where the idea felt like it had to become a necessity, and then we'll get into what you actually created. Okay, so I um, have a certi- I have multiple certifications in Orton Gillingham, which is just a multisensory approach to teaching students how to read, and specifically students with dyslexia. And I received those certifications about six, seven years ago, and that really just sparked a passion and an excitement for not only um, students who are struggling, because I already had that love because I majored in special education, but specifically in reading and supporting these students just because Throughout the training and then after, I would just hear teachers are like, oh, just try harder or you're just being lazy. And yeah. I'm like, no, like that's that's not it. Um, and so from the certifications, I started doing some training with teachers at the school that I was at. And it was about multisensory instruction because I think creating instruction that is engaging and all of that is super important. So I was leading the instruction and I was also at the same time um, teaching the change the why to eye rule in my classroom. And I was like, I wish that there was a way to turn or to take off the Y at the end of the word and add the I and then the vowel suffix. And I walked into Lowe's and was like, oh, I can. And I just grabbed some PVC pipe and some couplings and away we went. (laughs) 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 And it was just these kids just needed that extra little hands on and cutting out paper and just saying memorize the rule or just you know, just memorize the word. It's, it's, that wasn't cutting it anymore. And there's so much research that supports 
getting all these senses involved and using phonics is also brain friendly that it's just so fun to see these light bulbs turn on. Absolutely. I like that. Um, I can definitely say that, you know, judging from how schools changed from when I was younger to now, I can definitely see, you know, there's, there's more teachers that care. There's more educators in general that care. And it seems like people like yourself are starting to, to zero in on every kid learns differently, but every kid just needs that, you know, that little push. And maybe we're, we're, going in the right direction, trying new things to make it easy. And it sounds like, you know, you were definitely on that, um, on that path. And, you know, that was one of the questions I also had was what is the why to I rule? Cause I hadn't heard that specifically before stated that way. And I just wanted to understand what it, what it actually is. Yeah. So it's one of my favorite spelling rules to teach with my builders because it, it makes a lot of teachers say, Oh, it's just like an immediate reaction. Um, so if the word ends in Y, like cry, if there is a consonant before the Y, which in cry there is because there's the R, then you're going to, um, take off the Y, add the I, and then the vowel suffix like ES or ED or ING, um, or not, well, not ING and then crying, but the ED and, um, ES. And then if it's like bay, for example, the, there is a vowel before the Y and not a consonant. So you would not take off the Y. You would leave the Y and just add the S. Okay. Yeah. I, I was like trying to understand what that was. Cause I, it's been a while since I've been in school. <laughs> so um wanted to make sure I was understanding that correctly. And, you know, I, I think that for everybody out there listening, I, I want to make sure that they understood, you know, what specific context we were talking about here. And speaking of context, um, let's give them a little bit of context on what you created. You talked a little bit about it. You headed down to the hardware store. You put um, ideas to function and got something done. So let's talk a little bit about what you created. What is that thing? Yeah, so I created a tool or a builder. So kind of like the Unifix cubes that we all played with when we were kids, when we learned how to count. Um, it's sort of like that, except it has letters on, um, on it for kids to build words. And it started at Lowe's with PVC pipe and coupling. And I was cutting a lot of suckers by hand. So cutting, <laughs> yeah, cutting pipes down into two inch pieces and was like, okay, there's got to be a better way, and then tried a saw, but then that left rough edges, and I was like, teachers are not going to like that, Um, and then I found an electronic pipe cutter, and it was much easier, Um, so I did that for a while until I kind of had um, an understanding of what teachers were looking for, if there was really an um, avenue and a need for it. And once I determined there was, then I got it manufactured last summer. So now I don't have to cut PVC pipe by hand, which is so nice. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Um, you said, you know, teachers wouldn't like rough edges. And the first thing that came to mind is, you know, like some 40s, 50s, 60s teaching tools where if it cut your fingers, the teacher just laughed and said, in my day, we'd have to walk uphill both ways kind of thing. Oh, yes. You know, you want smooth edges. <laughs> so I'm glad we've, I'm glad we've come a long way from, 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 you know, not, not stuff like that and getting, getting smooth edges because we care about each yes. other. Um, that's good. <laughs> or my favorite so, um, is just here, just use a wet paper towel. That like solves, that's yeah, like a yeah. miracle maker in the classroom today. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, so, uh, when you, um, when you created the Otter tool, what, what did you, what were you doing before that? Was there something going on where, you know, you had some extra time and you were like, you know what, I'm going to do this. Or were you, you were, you said you were a teacher. So were you currently teaching and transitioning or what was going on? 
So at the time when I uh, made the tool, I was still in the classroom. I was teaching third grade at the time, and, but just literacy. And I loved it. It was so much fun. Um, and so that kind of showed the need and all of that at that time. And so it started there. And um, then as I, uh, as I sort of grew as an educator and as a professional, I eventually got out of the classroom, but I've only been out of the classroom for a year. And I now write curriculum for an amazing reading curriculum company called Really Great Reading. I love it. And it's all, it's all phonics. It's amazing. Cool. Yeah. Um, I will say I, you're like maybe the perfect person to ask this question to. But when I was in third grade, I think that was when they finally like discovered and like took kind of a better understanding to the fact that I had dyslexia. Is that kind of a general time frame of when you might notice kids with dyslexia or notice picking up more of those things? Yeah, I'm not surprised that you said you were in third grade. That's kind of like a big kind of catch time. Unfortunately, our system is sort of set up to where you really have to fail to be able to begin getting services mm -hmm. and all of that. Mm -hmm. And my guess is that you were kind of able to hold your own in K1 and 2. And then suddenly when you had to read to learn information, it was it probably became a lot harder. And you suddenly had grades for everything and stuff like that. So they were able to kind of show that there was a, there was more of a discrepancy, but a lot of educators and a lot of advocates right now are fighting for um, something that's called the science of reading, which is a huge buzzword, right? Or, and I don't want to say buzzword because that sounds trendy. Um, it's not trendy <laughs> at all. It's very much um, founded in research, but it's... Um, all about how to teach the students how to read and beginning with um, phonemic awareness and phonics all the way up to the morphology like Greek and Latin roots and prefixes and suffixes. Oh, wow. And, yeah. And so by this, we hope uh, to, to catch these children who are struggling in kinder and first grade and say oh, we see that they need more. They need a slower pace so that they can really master it. Um, they need some extra support in small group and be, become more aware because we are teaching using research-based um, curriculum and, or, and materials and instruction. So that way we are able to know, okay, it's not our curriculum and... It's, we know what's going on and we can fix it because we also don't want to point fingers at the child either because that doesn't solve anything. Um, no, absolutely yeah, not. my biggest pet peeve is when teachers are like, well, just try harder. Like that wouldn't have helped you read any, yeah. any more, you know, any more, any better that it would have just, in fact, it would have done the opposite, you know? So it just yeah. like... My whole thing is we know the answer. We know how to support kids. And I'm not saying it's like, poof, you're never going to have dyslexia because we know that's not how that works. But you will definitely be set up for success. Um, and I was actually just having that kind of same conversation with Kristen of like, I'm interested to see what like... If we supported students early on with good instruction, what their lives would look like by the end of 12th grade, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, sorry, that was a yeah, really that's... long answer, but obviously like it, I very no, I love it. I love it. <laughs> well, that's what you're passionate about it. And that's why, you know, that's why I wanted to talk to you and, you know, shout out to, uh, to, the neurodiverse teacher, I keep messing that word up because it's one of those words in my brain that just messes up. Uh, 
Kristen Eccleston for, you know, hooking us up. Um, she, we, we definitely had a good conversation and, you know, she's just as passionate. And I think that that's, you know, the reason why talking to both of you is so important because I, I like thrive on passion. If you're passionate about something, let's go, let's get it. Like, I want to, I want to hear what you have to say because it's, it's gotta be important. And if, if it's important to, you know, learning something like my podcast is called Home's Room, you know, Home Room is kind of the the theme here. And you know, if it's important and it's got something to do with learning and pushing yourself, pushing a craft, you know, get getting better at something you might not have started out good at. Like I'm all about that. So absolutely dive into those <laughs> answers, whatever you got. I'm good. Awesome. With it. And I love all that you're doing and everything you just said. And I think it's so important too, the way you just bring awareness to you being comfortable to talk about dyslexia and saying, and look where I am now. Like I'm not using yeah. it as an excuse. I am using it to wa- raise awareness and to um, be part of the solution. So I love that. Yeah. Um, I remember when, like I was talking about being in third grade, the thing that, that sticks out to me the most about learning to read and being in third grade and, and reading was, I, I think it was the like run, walk, ride books or something like that. And it was, you know, task oriented books where you had to read these pages and the words were broken down differently. And each one had its own little like kind of code to it, I guess, if, if that's what I want to call it. But um, I remember, you know, looking at those and not being able to, especially the words were spaced so far apart on some pages and it's so close together. I remember it being a struggle. And I remember, you know, asking teachers, like, am I reading that wrong? And they, you know, their response isn't, they're not, they weren't able to tell me yes or no, because the whole point was for me to decide if I was, if I was reading the word correctly, all they could do is, you know, say, well, we'll try and read it again. And, you know, it, it was at that moment where I think I, I realized that I must have been wrong and starting, like you said, starting kids off on the path of like, Hey, I'm not wrong. I'm just like, my, my brain is just not work. It just doesn't work the same as somebody else's. and giving them tools to fix that in a way that doesn't it's not even fixed because it's not broken it's just to to understand it in a way that allows them to excel rather than to you know from third grade to whatever you know having a struggle and feel different and feel wrong i so i love you know you saying putting people on the path and how much better they can be by the time they're in you know in a senior in high school and how much different of a trajectory that might put somebody on. I I think that's beautiful. Yeah. And like you saying that just it's because it's all about the kids. I mean, and it just, that's where it like really, it brings tears to my eyes because, Oh, there is not much that I will hop on a, like a soapbox or roll up my sleeves. (laughs) I will go to bat for, my like my students I call them my babies and I don't mean that in a derogatory way at all but that's just like the love and passion that I have for my kids um and I just think it's so important that as teachers we say okay we celebrate their differences and then if we don't know how to celebrate their differences by allowing them to be successful then we do everything in our power to figure out how we can do that and what that is and what that looks like. Um, because like, we all work with different people and have company with different people who are not like us. And we would never know what their journey yeah. in school was like. But I guarantee you, a lot of people had very similar journeys to what you had. They just would never talk about it because of just how rough of an experience that was for them. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things that gets me to you. And, you know, one of the things I love about, you know, talking to Kristen is how open she was about, you know, what, what she's been through simply because I try and be the same way. I believe in transparency. And, uh, as a, as a coach, I used to tell my skaters, I was like, Hey, if you, there's no such thing as a dumb question, cause chances are, if you have that question, somebody else does as well. 
And it, at that point, it's just a question that needs to be asked. So ask it. And we used to have this uh, little sit down circle and they're all grown people. I played roller derby. Oh, so I was you know, like people from, I, I yeah, uh, um, people from all ages. And I, I would just sit, we'd sit down and I'd be like, Hey, everybody, we're just going to do a dumb question circle. So whatever a question you got, whatever it is. And I would just pick a person and ask their question, whether it was a skill-based question, whether it was a life-based question, mm. whatever it was, because there's, I don't believe in any of that kind of stuff. I think that everything deserves its space. Everything deserves, you know, uh, a certain level of respect. And, you know, when it comes to dyslexia and things like that, I'm a writer as well. And I've been a writer as, as long as I can remember. I just didn't put letters in the right places sometimes. So I had, you know, I had help with that. My mom was really supportive. And I think that tools like what you've created are, you know, if I had something like that earlier on, I wonder how much more I would have loved writing. Yeah. And, and I love that your mom lets you love writing and just help and support. Like she didn't make you get it perfect and that your teachers didn't ruin that love. Um, because that often happens is they, they strive for that perfection of no, you didn't put the words, you didn't spell the words correctly on the paper. You didn't do this on the paper. And then it suddenly just eats at, what you love and you're just, you learn to almost hate it because you, it's so frustrating. So I love that they um, nurtured that in you. Yeah. And I, I remember enjoying writing later on in high school and I took a myth fantasy and folklore class. So we used to just get to, you know, write fantasy stories and, you know, do research and write papers on, you know, mythological things and i think that teachers that i had in certain classes and teachers that i had that i don't want to say didn't give up on me but didn't treat me as though i was different they knew that i was an intelligent person they knew i was paying attention um and they gave me a shot and i think that that's what's important in, in teaching especially you know now and i i always think that you can even as a student you can tell those teachers that have just like kind of checked out and they're just there because they mm-hmm. they don't know what else to do they've been doing it for forever and you know this is all i know and i just i just gotta yep. get through this and you know then you can tell those teachers that are like if i if i get to impart wisdom on one mm-hmm. kid today and they leave knowing one thing more than they they came into this class with and they're excited about having learned it i did my job i and i i love those teachers and it very much sounds like you are one of those teachers thank so. you yeah i 100 percent agree with you and now even there's just so many more resources from spell check and grammarly and all sorts of things mm-hmm. that like even me, if I can't remember how to spell a word, I'll put it in the text. It like pretend to text somebody because yeah. I'm like, yep. how do you spell that again? Because there's so many tools and resources now that, like, it there we just set all these kids up to be successful and to become writers and authors and whatever mm-hmm. else they want to be. Um, have you published yeah. anything? I have uh, two books that are self-published. I have a third one. It is done. And this is something that, again, I, w- I always apologize to my listeners. You're going to hear me say this all the time. But um, I have a third one that's done. I have art in my book. My favorite books, and this is you know due to dyslexia, actually. Uh, my favorite books are ones that had pictures in mm-hmm. them as far as like, you know, they'd be like, you know, 10 pages, 15 pages and in a picture and then another 30 pages in a picture. I always love those books because it, it – put me deeper into the world and I could see that world that they were creating. I could be immersed in it, but that picture just drove it home. So I wanted, I wanted my books to kind of be like that. They're short, quick reads, um, 200 and something pages, 13 chapters They're they're really, they're relatively small. There's a, a series of three. The third one is done. It is edited. I need an artist to do the art for me and I cannot find an artist to save really? my life. So yeah, uh, uh, everybody, where have you looked? What do you, um, I've put out ads on like essentially artist matchmaker sites, um, where it's just, it's people that, you know, are looking to do art and two of them that got back to me that were interested in the project. 
one of them i kind of sent them you know a list of the art that i needed and uh, a little bit of the um like the the backstory per each each like image uh, i needed and they were like yeah let me think about it and then they dropped off the crickets. Face of the earth. and i was like cool yeah yeah and then the other person i told them it was uh, a zombie apocalypse and they were like oh that's awesome i love that and then i told them the style uh-huh. of art that i needed and they were like uh i thought it was more like a comic book and i i i, I can only i don't know i I don't know that I can draw what you need. And I could, I saw your stuff. I wouldn't have reached out to you if I hadn't seen your art. So I know you could draw what I need. Nope. They, they weren't having it. And I was like, well, this is a bust. And then I've reached out to, you know, a, a ton of, a ton of friends. I reached out to a, um, I can't remember the name of the website, but it's, uh, black creators helping black creators. And I reached out on a page uh-huh. like that and, that one like got no traction. Everybody, all those posts, everything that I see, unless you're you're creating like a music video or a, or some or a film, uh, most of those posts just get they just buried. don't go anywhere. It, yeah. Try, have you tried Fiverr? F I V E R R. I have not, but I will write that down. Tons of artists, and the only reason I know that is because they did my logo forever ago because they did my mom also has a business and they did something for her and they did a really good job. And then I, I started writing, um, some decodables to go along with my stuff. And the company Mm -hmm. that I work for is also doing some decodables. And I looked on Fiverr for an artist. Um, but I decided to use my 15 year old, (laughs) (laughs) but my, the, my or the reading curriculum company that I work for uses Fiverr to for their books and the, okay. the drawings are really good like i've been very impressed with what they've given i yeah. will check that out i You're appreciate welcome. that um that's one of those things where i keep telling people uh that you are always working i guess if you will if you go to work a nine to five whatever it is and you come home and you sit on your couch you don't do anything uh, that's moments that your dreams are slipping away. Not saying that you don't get a break, not saying that you don't get to take that time. But I mean, if you're going to work, you know, a job for somebody else, you got to at least put in at minimum half that amount of time of your spare time to whatever you want to do to get you closer to your dreams. And I have not given up on my writing. I've, I'm actually writing. I finished that series. I am now writing a new uh, I don't want it to be a series, but everybody that's read what I have so far is like, this is going to be another series, right? <laughs> it's, 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 no, I don't want that, but okay, maybe, I don't know. Um, so I, I'm keeping up with the writing thing. And I think that, you know, as far as, you know, the podcasting stuff goes, it's another way to to communicate with people. And I think, you know, if you're, if you're a teacher, if you're a writer, if you're an artist, you're, you're always trying to communicate with somebody in some mm-hmm. sort of way, which is why I think, you know, right now, especially with the, the climate of teaching and what's going on in schools, what's going on in, you know, school boards, what's going on in like education at like the federal level. Oh, yeah. It's like just, it, it's just insane. And those people definitely deserve a voice, especially people like you who are, you know, trying to grind it away on your own to, make something happen for people yeah it's it's definitely an interesting time to be in the realm of education in whatever that looks like um (laughs) and i love that you're writing and i love that like gosh i just think of all of these little ones that have dyslexia and just like the role model that you are for them and just things like that because like Gosh, if I could, like every single student that I've worked with with dyslexia, they loathe writing. Like it is a battle, even just to get them to spell, because it is it is just such a struggle. And so to like to show like, hey, like it doesn't have to be this such a struggle. Like look, like you can be you can celebrate it in different ways. Like look, he celebrated it and publishing this tremendous book series you know so like i just love that yeah it it just gives so much hope to these kids that just like to nobody else but are just like you said earlier so hard on themselves and like and nobody has to tell them 
anything because they, they, they know they, you know, like you look, you can look around yeah. and see like, I, I, that was easy for them. And it was not easy for me. Uh, I was that kid too. I was not diagnosed with dyslexia. Um, but I was tested in kinder first grade because reading was a struggle for me. And honestly, mm-hmm. it still is. Like if I want to get something out of something, especially nonfiction, I have to read that the sucker a couple of times to like, understand. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm big on audiobooks. Yes. Big on audiobooks because yes. I I'm I as a writer, I still am not good at reading and I get frustrated at most of the books that I've tried to read. I still only get, you know, I think I I don't want to say I lose interest, but I I get halfway through and at that point like it's such a big undertaking and I think I've committed so much mental power to like trying to understand what's going on that I just it I just end up losing it and I uh I started doing audiobooks about a year and a half ago, 2 years ago, something like that and that's tremendously helped and like you said there's just so many resources out there for people now and I think that you know being open about dyslexia, being open about the fact that you know reading is difficult for some people you know whatever it is is people aren't alone Mm -hmm. and that's you know one of the biggest things that i i hope that i can bring with this podcast is that you know people understand that they're not alone and that there's people out there that are actually you know doing something to help them out that are that are doing the thing that they want to do and not saying you know like my favorite thing to say is you know like you come home and you sit on the couch and you're just like Oh, well, that sucks. And not doing anything else. It's like, no, nah, I, I, I want to write. I love telling stories. I've, I've been a storyteller as long as I can remember. And that's, I, I'm not going to let anything stop me. If the worst I have to do is pay somebody like, you know, three different times to edit my book because I, I am, I'm a bad textual writer, but, uh, I'm a good storyteller. Mm-hmm. Then absolutely they get paid to do that thing. Yeah, that's what their that's job what is. That, I am not my, an my job is <laughs> don't ask me. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, uh, one of the other things I wanted to ask, uh, specifically because you know, here we like to talk to creatives and people that are you know in in the creative space, and albeit not in the most um like expected way, you're a creator for sure with what you've done. Uh, what are some of the things you had to learn? when you undertook the auto reading tool, like what are, what are like some of the, the, like, you know, did you have to learn how to use a new tool? Did you have to learn how to, you know, like did I, one thing I, I hope you talk about specifically is PVC pipe expanding. Cause the, I thought that was crazy when I heard that. Cause I didn't oh, know that yes. was a thing. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I have all a ton of stories. So to I, this whole thing was a learning curve. I love creating. I have always loved using a Cricut to make all sorts of things from t-shirts and cards. And would, I love to sew and make clothes and quilts. Like oh. I love creating. Um, so this was like, this whole thing was right up my alley, but it was just a whole lot of new tools that I did not know how to use. Um <laughs> And so it all started with the hand crank one and that got old real quick. And so I was like, um, I'll use a saw and then I'll just kind of clean it off and we'll see how that works. And I like really freaked my mom out. She was for sure going to think that I was going to (laughs) lose a finger. And honestly, (laughs) that's why I didn't spend a whole lot of time on it because my, sometimes my brain doesn't compute with <laughs> doing things so fast <laughs> that I'm probably would have been very close to doing something like that. Um, so I'm glad <laughs> that it didn't. Um, but it got old, obviously cleaning them and stuff like that. Cause I would clean it with, uh, alcohol to get all the lettering off, but it left this weird mm-hmm. feeling residue, um, like residue and stuff on it. And so I stuck it in the dishwasher. Well, Pipes expand, I think. I don't know. I don't know the field that feel well enough to say for sure. I can't remember <laughs> what they said. But I'm pretty sure it expanded. And so that meant they weren't fitting in the couplings anymore. So I had to throw away. And it was funny because my kid and I were actually talking about that on the way to dinner. Of like just the different successes and failures and learning that I have 
kind of gone through. And that was a big, (laughs) (laughs) that was a big one. And and it was then that I was like, all right, we got to move on from this because I have tried a whole (laughs) lot of different systems (laughs) and it is not working. Um, so after the saw and I did the, um, electric pipe, like I think they're called shears, but you had to hold Mm -hmm. a button underneath the thing and on the side and it is huge and my hands are not big i played basketball (laughs) somehow managed to play basketball with small hands and at five four (laughs) um but it was it was a struggle so even though it moved faster um it was still hard to like measure them up accurately and all of that so i learned how to use a ton of different things and I still kept all of them. Like, I think it'd be fun to use the saw to make like other things, but, um, I'm glad that it's manufactured and I, I would love to learn how to do injection molding and stuff like that. Like, I think that is so neat and that's, yeah. And that's the process of what they use to, um, to make mine, but it's, um, it is this huge whole entire process that, um, they do like, it's in this whole warehouse. So I highly doubt it'll be ever anything I do in the, in my garage, um, as much as I would love to, but, um, so I love it. I've never been afraid to try something new. Um, the only thing that has ever held me back is like money. I'm a single mom. So sometimes just cost prohibits me from doing something, but for the most part, I'm usually game to try something once within reason. Yeah. Let me rephrase. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Um, I mean, that's, that's, you know, like I said, that's what we're about is, you know, living life your own way and jumping off the, jumping off the ledge and doing things that, you know, you can either let fear hold you back or you can say fear kick rocks. Amen. I'm doing this. And I love and it, that. It's funny um, because the whole learning and producing has never been like, even when I was like, oh, that didn't work. I was never, I never thought like, oh, well, like, I'm just going to give up. I'm not going to do it. But where I have really struggled to be consistent is social media. Like I am terrible. Yeah. And I think it's because of what you just said, like that fear of putting it out there for the world to see. And them saying, oh, that idea is stupid or what are you doing? Or you don't know, you know, like for me, I could fail a million times and nobody else knows about it. Like, okay, I'm just keep making this tool in my backyard. But like to put things out is a whole nother level. I feel like. Yeah. Um, I got, uh, I got, I I don't even call it a negative comment because it was just a, it was literally a contextually like void comment um we my co-host and i we uh we recorded questions i sent the wrong link it was a mistake so like her side of it didn't get recorded it was just my side so i was answering a question and she was asking a question and i was answering the question so i was like gathering up my thoughts just like a conversation would go and whatever i was saying was you know relevant to whatever reason i made the post and somebody was like uh you uh philosopher uh not or yeah philosopher not this uh inarticulate garbage and i was like it's it's so funny because number one you have zero context to what was happening number two i wasn't trying to be a philosopher number three i was answering a question that was asked that you didn't hear so it sounds like i'm sitting here monologuing you know trying to trying to be profound but really i was answering a question I was put on the spot to answer. So I didn't have anything prepared. I wasn't ready to go, but also at the same time, the fact that you came here to make that comment, a means you watched the whole thing. So thank you for giving me numbers. (laughs) You made a comment. So thank you for boosting the post there. Um, But uh, also if whatever I was saying was, was about support and it's like, if you're, if your first reaction to come to somebody's page who's creating something trying to help somebody out is to be mm. negative you're the issue i doesn't even matter I what you say so again 
you you can take that yes. and go somewhere else. If anybody has something to say on anything that you create, especially as far as this kind of stuff goes, like my least favorite thing is uh, gatekeepers and people that think that because they know how to do this thing, nobody else is as good as them. So whatever you're doing is absolutely the, the worst thing ever. Go find something else to do instead of trying to tell them, hey, next time try and use this thing because that might make your results a little bit better, which is constructive yes, criticism absolutely. and helpful. Telling somebody their work is poor or bad, that's not constructive criticism. That's just being it, a Yes, dick. 100%. Like, and you should have also said next time you use complete sentences if you're going to post on my page. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I, that's, I almost, I try not to, I try not to respond. I usually just like the comment or love react uh-huh. to it, whatever it is, wherever, whatever. And I move on because at the end of the day, it's I, not it, worth it, it doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And I like I sometimes if it's if it's bad enough I'll just turn commenting off so nobody else can comment. But at the end of the day, it does like I don't know you. You're never gonna meet me. Right. It doesn't. What like I'm out here putting myself as far out as I possibly can, and you are here just being a numbskull. Exactly. Well, that. and it makes me laugh because I'm like, how do you think you have the power to say that? Like, <laughs> what? Yeah. Like, I mean. But obviously it still impacts me because nothing has ever really been said. And I still like, uh, I don't know. <laughs> That's why I post like That's once the, a quarter. It, it, as, as long as you're, you're posting once a quarter with the goal to, to post twice a quarter yes. and, you know, get better from there. I think that that is a good place to be. Um, also, one of the like the just funniest things in the world is when it comes to social media, there's people that get paid thousands of dollars to engineer what you see and and you're out here like just sharing their stuff left and right and those people are making money to make you do this thing and you're out here doing it i'm trying to do something for myself with no money but i'm the one that's got stuff that's wrong yeah. right like no go sit down like you go do a tiktok right. or something like ah whatever However you keep works. going um, to get paid, yeah, turning uh, out content that does not belong to you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Be free publicity mm-hmm. off of your back. Good job. Um, uh, one of the things that I like, I wanted to ask you again is uh, where did Otter Reading come from? Like where did the name come so, from? Otter is an acronym because I am 100% a word nerd. Um, <laughs> so bad, but Otter stands for optimizing tactile teaching to engage readers and otters specifically sea otters. They have a little flap under their arms. It, it's like a little pocket and they store their favorite tool that they use to open up shells and clams and stuff to eat. And so they store their favorite tool in their little pocket. And so I like to say that I store my favorite tool in my back pocket, and plus, sea otters are just the most adorable thing ever. So there's that. Too. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, I love it. See, and that's the thing is number one, you hit it with an acronym. Acronyms are always good. Um, and then you hit it with a, a cute, uh, a cute animal that you know does does cute things, and you know just float floating around, minding its business until it's got to go do something, or until you know that uh unsuspecting boat goes by and you know like oh hey there's an otter (laughs) so yeah i like it that's that's good i'm glad that i'm glad it is a multifaceted name um like i said i names are always hard i'm i'm terrible i don't like to name anything so like characters in my book i uh my main character and this is a funny story to tell on this particular episode not one of my writing episodes but my main character is literally named after a mark on a wall it's his name is Mark. I couldn't think of a name. And I, I was like a half a chapter in or three quarters of a chapter in. And I was like, I can't keep saying guy. He has to have a name because guy is going to get confusing. And uh, I was sitting there staring at a wall and there's a Mark on the wall. I was like, I'm just going to name him Mark, whatever. Fine. Mark is his name, which for the record was a mistake because Mark is also a word as well as a name. So autocorrect uh, and everything does not always capitalize it. So I had to continuously go back and be like, oh, this one's not capitalized. Oh, but this mark that's actually talking about a mark on the ground is capitalized. Uh, this is going to be so <laughs> annoying. So that backfired. 
maybe come up with a better plan one one more like megan where it's like it's it's cute and cuddly animals or you know an acronym because that like that was just a bad one that was but i love those things because they are fun um like huh oh let's just use this because i love the story that's attached to it because there has (laughs) that has meaning to it whether it is no meaning or you know but it still has that story attached which i just feels like has that just makes it more special and fun to share about yeah i think i mean that's oftentimes you know as a writer i think that people knowing those those stories like their favorite thing of my writing or their their favorite thing from you know a story might be the most like ridiculously incoherent idea that i had while i was half asleep and i just happened to remember part of it and that became something in the book and i i think that those stories are fun to tell but also those stories are what makes the stories that we tell unique and i think that you know what you do and you know creating a creating a tool creating a reading system and, you know, from what I've seen, there's, you know, add-ons to it even. So there's, you know, there's, there's so much to it that you're continuing to do that all of those stories where it's like, oh, well, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm, I guess I can do that as well. And it just comes out of, like I said, you know, mother of necessity and, you know, being, being strong with what you know needs to happen and, you know, you didn't let the fear grab you there. You just continued to go. So whether social media is a thing or not, you are definitely walking a uh, a path where a lot of people would be afraid to. So be proud of that. Number one. Also, congratulations on getting it, um, getting it like into production. Uh, I think that that's awesome. I don't even know what that process looks like, but thank you. Uh, it's, good job. It's kind of a pain because it becomes out of your hands, and for the the creators like like that has to be like for you when you send it off to be published and it's out of your hands and you don't have that control like i'm sure it is hard and for me it was like i was low man on the totem totem pole because i didn't have them producing a ton of pieces and so they like basically forgot about me and i had to be like hey um so yeah so it it was definitely definitely a process and i learned like you can't just trust somebody to treat your thing as like, like, like you would treat it. Like you have to stay on top of it, yeah, even absolutely. though you want to trust that they're going to handle it and just kind of believe like they're doing their best with it. But so I learned that lesson of like, no, got to follow, got to follow up. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, that That's definitely, uh, I can't, like I said, I can't imagine. I don't want to say I'm a control freak, um, but I definitely do not like having things outside of my control and being reliant upon others in that regard. Not because I want to be in control, but because I, I believe in controlling what you can control. If I, if I can't control that, then like, I'm not going to worry about it. But this is very much a thing that I have everything I am invested in. I can't not not have control i don't know how to do this i i would i would die i you are braver than i my friend you well, are braver and it's than because I. it's like it's ours and we know nobody else is going to pour in the blood sweat and tears that we have poured into our things more than us you know so it's like when we release that yeah. to whatever or to whoever that is that's that's hard but i for me it was like i knew i couldn't keep cutting pipes like that was not an option anymore. Um, so, but yeah, like that's, and it takes time. So for me, who does my best thinking by the seat of my pants, it, you can't do that when you're talking manufacturing, you have to get them months. So that is even a learning curve. Yeah. And I mean, that's, you know, another thing for our listeners, you know, somebody that, created a product and went and found a a way to get it done. And, you know, uh, you talked about Fiverr, like that's the thing that, you know, you, you went out and got it, you know, figured out a way to, to get what you had to get done, done. And I think that it shows the level of support that you give to the world, but just by the simple fact that you 
gave me them as a recommendation. You didn't have to tell me, Hey, check out this place. Cause this was really, you know, this was a, a useful tool for us that shows the support. And if anybody can take anything away from this podcast, it's support the people around you because at the end of the day, like this famous person that will never see you in your life. And even if you're in a room with them, will probably not see you still this person that's next to you that you're that you're interacting with that you're talking to that could be your you know your homie that you've hung out with you know since you were 12 Mm -hmm. support that person and give them every bit of what you can because even if you know one of the things i was trying to say is share your artist friends uh social media posts share their statuses when they're like hey i'm trying to do this thing hey i just released a new song hey i just put out some new art whatever it is because even if it's not your bag even if it's not something that you specifically find you know helpful that doesn't mean that you don't know five people that will and for something like what you know what you're doing and you know uh i i can't really think about how many friends i have that have kids who maybe you know exactly who needs to see this doing doing this interview talking to you and you know the subsequent social media posts that'll come after this you know like that's however many people that might see this and to me it's not about you know like do i want to help you out absolutely because i believe that you need it absolutely does that will that make you you know a little bit of money maybe yeah absolutely but that's all secondary because the goal is to help people feel Mm -hmm. supported help them get to the point where they're, you know, their kids are comfortable reading, their kids feel like somebody's looking out for them and they get to do something fun and interactive, which from what I've, what I've seen in the pictures I've looked up and, you know, all of that stuff, and we'll, we'll drop where you can find this in a little bit, but um, the, uh, from what I've seen, it looks fun. And I, I can think back to being a kid. And if I was given this and said, you know, this is how this works, use this tool. Um, and then I'll come back and check in on you in a little bit. I would have been way better than getting a book that was hard to understand and formatted weird to try and challenge my brain in a way that I, I couldn't vocalize then. And those are the things that we need to do to support each other. But also those are the things that, you know, we need to share and say, Hey, look, this is a thing that's out there and available. So that's, that's why I wanted you, <laughs> you. in homes room. And absolutely. Like, I feel like community is so important. And I feel like as just a, like as a country, I feel like we've really lost that sense of community and it's just so needed. Um, like even just meeting, we just moved not long ago and I got to meet my neighbors and I, told my dad, like, dad, they're retired and they just sit on their front porch all day and talk to each other. (laughs) And I am so jealous. I want to go sit on their front porch with them and just be in community with them. That is not fair. (laughs) I have to sit in my house. That is, yep. But I just feel like we all just do what I said. We go in our house and we close the doors. And I feel like we just miss some of that community where we could instead of feeling like we're competing with each other we build each other up because there's space for all of us there's plenty of space for all of us to be successful yeah that's one i actually was just uh bringing social media up again i was just talking to a content creator who does a lot of off-road things and like builds jeeps and stuff like that uh and her, her post was making kind of making fun of somebody's comment to her. And, you know, I, I was like, I don't understand why everything has to be like a competition. And she's like, you know, I honestly don't understand that either. And I think that it's so true right now where everything is a competition and everything is, well, I can do it better. Or, well, I was this, or, well, I was that. And none of that matters, man. Like are, at the end of the day, are you a good human being? Are you supporting people that deserve to be supported? Or are you just, creating more chaos in this ball of chaos that doesn't you know have a trajectory they're just stagnant 100 percent. i, oh, I cannot agree more 
um your outlook on life is awesome and you know you hold on to to joy and at least that's what i can kind of tell from what i know about you and what i what what conversation we've had so far uh do you think that that's helped make auto reading come to life or do you think that you know it it played you know just kind of like a parallel part of it i think it definitely has i've always been the glass is definitely full um kind of person um, yeah. even just as a kid, I've always just been very happy, go lucky and loved, um, just being helpful and have always wanted to be a teacher from the time I could remember. And so, and I loved to share that joy of learning to my kids and share my love for them. And they like the worst day of the year for me was the last day every year because saying goodbye to my kids was so hard. Like, and so I wanted them to know that like our classroom was safe. Our classroom was fun there. It was, there was like, we had a love for each other. Um, and all of that just meant so much to me. Um, one time somebody came in the room and was asking me, he goes, so how many kids do you have? And I said, 13 or 12. I can't remember one of the, like either 12 or 13 because of the number of kids I had. He was like, what? And I was like, wait, no, you mean like I have one kid, but I have 12 students. And he was like, oh, (laughs) so like, that's just how much I love and spend time or like how much they mean to me. And just that sharing that joy with them is so important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So Wrapping us up just a little bit. I got some this or that questions for you. You ready? Oh, boy. All right. So first first one, uh, productive parent-teacher conference or productive business meeting? Okay. So I would say productive business meeting because that has definitely been a huge learning curve for me. Um, So I would... I would say that one because I can use that as another learning opportunity. I just recently connected with a couple of business owners who are mentoring me in it. And we just had our first meeting a couple of weeks ago. And so it immediately made me think of that because I learned so much. So I think, I think that I've had, I've had plenty of parent teacher conferences. Some of them I would, I don't want to. I can imagine. Yeah. Um, I try and tailor these this or that's to like the guest. And like I do a little bit of research on you before I get you on here. So some of them are kind of like heavy hitters, like where I I, I tried to trap you a little bit and I, I kind of knew which way you would lean. And then other ones I just okay. I, I want to oh, make boy. you think a little bit. So <laughs> that was a good answer. I liked it. Uh, um so uh next one. Um helping somebody to learn or seeing the end result. Oh good grief. I've, I'm, I've always been a journey person. Like even. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. I love the journey. Um, in fact, like even with birthdays and stuff now with my daughter, we've done this for a few years now. It's now not gifts. It's experiences because we love to do that journey stuff together. Good. And I think watching kids learn and supporting them in their journey of learning and then you do see the light bulb moments, but sometimes you might never see the learning light bulb, but you see light bulbs of self-confidence and other things light up and you, you know that they are leaving you feel, feeling confident and successful. And honestly, that's all that, that's all that matters because eventually they'll get the content. Um, yeah. I love that. I think that um, that I, the reason I knew you were going to say that is because no teacher, if you're a teacher, chances are you're more about the like process of learning than the end result because because you are the teacher. That is that is what you enjoy doing. So I just kind of assumed that that's where it was going to go. But also, you said something that I I love, and I used to tell my skaters all the time. I, I gravitate towards people who 
I say I can see the gears turning. Yep. Like you said, light bulb. Mm-hmm. I can see the gears turning. It, I said something and it sparked something in you. And I could see you thinking about it and trying to digest it and trying to make it, you know, fit into whatever spot in your brain that that thing is going to fit into. And as soon as I see that, I'm, I'm instantly, you're one of my people. I will do anything for you because I, I know that you are going to uh, accept whatever I say as something positive and not something that's like a put down or something that's like, oh, well, I can't do it. You know, it's something that uh-huh. A, you can do and B, that I'm willing to Absolutely. teach you. And I think that that's amazing. Um, all right. Last one. Last one. Uh, last day of summer or first day of winter break? Oh, gosh. Last day of summer or first day of winter break? Yeah, because I get you with that. Um, you're getting ready to uh, you're getting ready to start, you know, teaching, or it's the end of that semester, and you're like, okay, I've I do need a I do need a reset. Let me let me leave. Let me let me go home for uh, a bit. Both. <laughs> I think by winter break, we're so tired we don't even know what we want because we spent the first semester training because a lot of my experience is in the little, so like training these littles how to school. Cause they don't know. Um, yeah. But gosh, yeah. the last day of summer, there's so much anticipation of getting classrooms set up and decorating and just all of that experience. Like, uh, I, I think I found this on the web. I think that's dec- the decor, like this, the um, the last day of summer probably because there's just so much anticipation. It's a fresh start, new kids. You're just excited to see what's coming and all of that. Yeah, that's what, that's a, that's a good answer. I like it. All right. Um, so if people wanted to check out auto reading and you know, what, what you got going on, where can they find it? Right now I have, um, I need to update my website a little bit, but my website has everything of where you can find it. It's autoreading.com. Um, I'm on Etsy as auto read as auto reading, and I am um getting on Amazon, which is a huge process, but I am getting um slowly listing my products on Amazon. But right now, just about everything I have is on Etsy. Okay. All right. So we'll link that in the show notes below so that you can go check that out. And, you know, if if you or somebody, you know, could use the product and, you know, help somebody to, to get better at reading, help somebody feel a little less alone, that'd be great. But also if you have a school in need and you feel like, you know, it's a, it's a good thing to, you know, just support, donate, donate it to a school. I think that that's a, a super simple way to make yourself feel good, but also to do a solid for, you know, a teacher who wouldn't otherwise be able to, you know, get something like this just simply because, you know, they, they don't have the resources to. And right now, if you don't want to support teachers, you got issues. You should probably, you know, go, go ask yourself how, you know, half the stuff, you know, (laughs) because teachers are definitely getting it. Yeah. Teachers are definitely not getting not getting their, the support and respect they need right now, and I am a firm believer that teachers are just as important as every other high-profile job, and sometimes even more so, cough cough <laughs> athletes. Um, so uh, we um, we thank, thank you for you coming for on. Me. Uh, this has been thank amazing. you for you know, yeah. Good. I'm glad. I um I try and make it fun. I try and make it so it's you know not not as awkward. Um, like I said, home homeroom and that that first day of school when you when you pop in and it's like I don't know who I'm going to sit next to. You know, by the end of this, I hope everybody is is enjoying the uh you know the the people that that they're that they're stuck with for a little bit of time and then go on to their day enjoying yeah. you know everything I love you got that. going. So uh, no, I appreciate you. And I love you, like all that you're doing. That um, is so amazing. And I want to know where to get your books too. So please let me know because that's so cool. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm also on Amazon. My books are available on Amazon. Uh, Here We Remain is the first book. Um, you, 
okay. it should pop up when you search it. Uh, it's one of those weird ones where it's been out long enough now that it might be, you might have to scroll down a little bit. Um, and all that comes after is the second book. And then the third book, which hopefully will be out sometime soon is all that remains. I love um, that. So kind of merge, kind of merge, yeah, That's kind of so merge cool. the titles a little bit. Um, uh, we, um, we are, I say we, but I am trying to downplay the writing a little bit just simply because I'm sure I'm going to talk about it enough on this podcast and in our like individual episodes with just my co-host, but uh, it's about celebrating, you know, you and everything that you're doing more so than, you know, trying to take a moment to, you know, like, Hey, <laughs> well, buy my I'm book. But I did want to say that simply because I love that. I think that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'll definitely, uh, I'll, I'll email you the, the links to it oh, so that you, can, you. that you can get it. But, um, I think that, uh, you know, like I said, it's, it's an easy read. That's what it was designed for. I'm a dyslexic person. I, I'm sure there's big words. I'm sure there's, you know, contextually, you know, things that are harder to, harder to grasp, but the whole point was to allow a story to be written in a non-standard way. So a lot of the characters, the the way it's written is just like somebody would talk. So it's a lot easier to understand the flow of a sentence rather than, you know, this textbook way of writing. And that's probably one of the biggest things that I think can make a difference in somebody reading a book is a dry book that's written like every other book. It's not going to grab your attention but a funny book that's a little quirky and reads like you would be talking to one of your friends. I think, I think that's where you might engage oh, I could, readers I that don't like to read. So I agree for sure. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, thank you for coming on. Uh, we're going to link everywhere you can find auto reading in the show notes. Um, you have a good night and, uh, we uh we hopefully will see you again when you're talking about you know the next installment of the thing that you created whether it's your uh your sewing or you know your t-shirt line that you <laughs> launched you. or something i so appreciate you having me on this has been so much fun and i am excited to stay in touch as well thank you yep all right the bell is about to ring if you want to drop us a voice message or simply ask a question you can do that by clicking the link in the show notes below. Be sure to leave us a five-star review. It helps more people find us. Theme music by Kinsey. More music available on Spotify. Remember, every day is a class. Go learn something.